Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming. We're very polite. Um, okay, so for anyone who doesn't know who you are, because they don't go on YouTube, who are you and what do you do? Okay, well, basically, like I said, my name is Daniel De Borg. Uh, I basically put a few covers on uh, YouTube. I think it was in 2010 I started, and uh, it kind of blew up. Uh, I didn't expect it, really. I was just, you know, I'm, I'm a writer by nature. I have been an artist before, but I was focusing on writing. not bad is it off the back of a, a youtube video wow So I think it's like the best one because if you think about it this way, you've been chosen by the people, not by an A&R, not by, you know, 10 people who go, yeah, actually, let's have this guy, he's the next thing. People who are voting, you know, they're, they're choosing to watch you and to come back and to support your music. That, I think, is the best thing because that shows you that you are actually sellable. So from a label's point of view, it's even better, isn't it? It's great. Keeping you real, they're keeping you grounded. Yeah, they are. They are. They're like, hey, DDD, man, that was a bullshit decision. What about um, other people? Is there anyone on YouTube at the moment that you're watching and thinking, like, I like that person? Uh, 
fantastic to watch, you know, great boys, great lives. Um, you know, there's a whole slew of them, there's loads of them, you know, you just got to get out there and you can see Amir as well, the R&B dudes, there's a group called Amir, and that's what like, I think, 300,000 subscribers or something on there, they're like the number one R&B group on YouTube, so you should definitely check them out as well, because those boys are beasts. I like a beast. You like a beast? <laughs> a good R&B beast. <laughs> There's another one with a beast. And what about the mixtapes? Because um, I had your both your mixtapes, and I think they're very good. And I think a lot of mixtapes are really bad. So you should definitely get Daniel's mixtapes. Well, well, I thought that's a great thing to say, then, but I'm still relieved. I thought you better say, I've got both your mixtapes, then. I thought they were a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a bit average, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they came about again because YouTube, I was uploading these covers, and uh, people were just like, can I get a download? Can I get a download? And I was like, okay, well, it was kind of just at the time when Drake was dropping his. So I thought, why not put them all on, you know, a collection? As I do them, for like 15, 16 months, and put them on a mixtape and throw in some um, original material as well that I've been writing and working on. So I did that, and that was the DDU mixtape one, and that came out and uh, had really great success. You know, to this date, we've had like over 140,000 downloads on the mixtape, which is like mind-boggling considering there's been no no advertising, no promo. Um, it's just like it's a madness, really. And again, it's all YouTube. So I took that out, and we were very lucky. It, it won, uh, got nominated for Best R&B Mixtape of the Year in 2010, which uh, I, I won thanks to you know my fans, everyone you know, calling in and get, getting on and uh, voting. And then the next Mixtape came out, and again I was very lucky. It won again because my fans go hard. <laughs> I can we kind of expect with the album is the album kind of covers and originals or is it all originals how have you done that yeah the album uh, the album is all originals mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to do any more covers because obviously uh, you know I think everyone's seen I've done like 50 covers on YouTube and like, I think I should pretty much get out there and uh, get some original material because after all I'm, I'm a writer trying to turn the ATV you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you have to kind of do your own stuff you've got no excuse <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> what the hell? We got a Grammy? Like, you can get a Grammy. 
award-winning producer yeah, onto your album. It, again, thanks to YouTube. So he's on there with two tracks. He's got the first single called Brink of Amazing. Um, and some other superb writers, Corey Chorus, who's written on uh, Rihanna, Carmen Key. She, uh, she was executive producer on the album with me. She's, again, she wrote stuff for Flowrider, Club Can't Handle Me, that's actually her singing on that. Um, that's one of the nicest things there's quite a few people that I watch on YouTube that I've watched from the beginning to whatever and there's one of my friends and he's in kind of artist management and we always have like a bet and I always say right okay I bet on that person that person and that person and so far eight of my ten picks have been gone on to do really really well and I think it's one of those things where you sit there and you sort of think it's so nice to watch somebody come from a hundred views and you know whatever to having an album out to working with all these people and like to watch what you've done as well I think it really it's just you feel so much more I mean these people pop up overnight in some people's worlds and obviously there's a much bigger story behind it but you never get to really see that YouTube following someone through I think is really nice you get to kind of feel a bit more part of it on a journey with him right? and I think that's really cements really really strong bond between the artist and the fan as, mm. well, as well because my original like the people that were there when I had like a hundred subs you know they're, they're, they're the ones now that I'm on like 125,000 subs and all these millions of views now but they're the ones that are, they're locked in just championing me all the way because they feel exactly as you said and they feel a part of it yeah. you know? and they are because they're the ones making the suggestions they're the ones saying down I think you should cover this next trick or Yeah, and I think that's so. I think it's so good that you listen to them because I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they get a bit of success or a lot of success and they stop listening to everybody else. And I think if you're too, I think there's a there's a there's a fine line, isn't there? You don't want to copy other people, so being too saturated by other people's stuff doesn't work. But if you're too insular, you don't have the influences to be current. And I think that that's kind absolutely. of the thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. You, if you if you start like get a bit of success, you're just like, hey, I'm gonna do me. That's all about me. I'm gonna do me. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Then, then you get too, like I said, insular. You get too up yourself, as we say over here, and uh, and you lose people. You need to realize artists need to recognize where you came from, what got you there, and who got you there. Mm. Yes, of course, you put the you put the graft in, and you've got this this gift. Of, you know, then great that you use it, but. It's nothing without the people that listen to you, that want to hear you, that, that, that want to share these emotions in the song. You're nothing without your fans. So that's why I will always be and always have been 
you know, very appreciative of my fans and always try and bring them in and was always listening to them because, I mean, they've got me here to where I am today. You know, they've, made, they've, they've allowed me to make a living out of this, which is, you know, it's a blessing. You know, I wake up every day like, what have I got to do? I've got to go to the studio. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Being me is seriously good. Yeah, yeah. And that's thanks to these people, you know, thanks to these people that, that, believe, that believe in me and, you know, and any artist, I think, a lot of the really big artists, the great artists, artists you'll find are very humble and yeah, definitely. and uh, and, and recognise their roots and where they came from. So yeah, that's that's the way I want to play, and that's the way you know I am with, with my people. So I'm just gonna say it that way. But you see, it's customer service. It's such a stupid, like, it's a stupid man logic because, you know, you're selling something, okay? So you need an audience and you need a buyer. And if you don't listen to your buyer and what they want, you're going to stop selling things. And if you stop selling things, your career just died. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Stop selling fucking Tesco, yo. <laughs> you know, exactly. You need to, you're exactly right. It's, it's very simple, like, economic lesson, you know, like business lesson. Listen to the people, listen to your consumers. Did you see, um, there was a video um, a while ago that Robbie Williams did on Chat Roulette that he put on YouTube. It was absolutely brilliant. And no, I didn't see it. I will link you to that because basically what he does is he sings his, he just logs into Chat Roulette and just sings his new single to everybody who pops up on there. And he, it's completely uncensored, so if you're under 18, do not look for this video. Um, and um, it was naughty. Um, yeah, it, it was really, really good. So you get your classic. I don't know if you've ever been on Chat Roulette, but Chat Roulette is, um, is a mixture of kind of um, teenage girls, weird Mexican guys with their dick out, um, the odd wow. Romanian and kind of really kind of like I don't know really crazy people who are just doing something insane or it is it's quite a like <laughs> it's an experience well, it sounds great apart from the Mexican guys with the dicks out it sounds quite interesting it's essentially it just works where you're logged in and every 30 seconds you get kind of if people you come face to face with somebody on webcam and then you hit the button and it respins it that's the roulette part and so you can oh end up opposite God. anybody anywhere in the world and sometimes you can meet some great people and have some amazing conversations but the majority of men are sat there with <laughs> their dick out yeah, so oh there's the odd couple <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's just that, you know, where do you look? Oh, it's not going to work. That's not going to get women. And um, occasionally you'll get like a couple who are at it, and that's always quite awkward. <laughs> You're like, like, a, like a virtual dogging centre. It's madness. So he did. I, I, I think he sold, he sold it quite well, but I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure about the dogging and the Mexican penis situation. But that, um, that's not the jalapeno dick but I think um, yeah it's just one of those things where it's just a good video because he just sits there and sings it out and then there's a couple of girls who pop up at some point and they're like yeah fuck off you're not Robert Williams like you're fake you, you know you're this that the other he gets all these tattoos oh it's really funny <laughs> it's good you should watch it and there's a surprise at the end which you should definitely not watch unless you're over 16 um, but yeah so that was quite an interesting but I thought the concept of taking you know kind of like taking your stuff to the people I was sort of thinking there must be a way of I think that'll be like the next thing you know there'll be some sort of like video social network where literally people say this is my new album and they start singing and it's like rate me I think it's quite a brutal world now though because basically Twitter, Facebook, YouTube it is literally rate me I put some of my stuff out sometimes and hide I just think oh god <laughs> what's going to happen <laughs> yeah like I said before yeah, the online community is, is brutal and honest you know and then even even then you have people that just go on there because you are 
I guess you're kind of protected by the veil of, of the internet. You know, mm. you are, you can be anywhere, and you're protected because you're not in person. It's just you're just writing text or whatever it is. So people can just go on there and just hate, just for the sake of hating. Like, there's a ton of haters out there, man. And, and so, so, the, so YouTube and, and uh, these social media, they give these people the extra like veil. There's a quick little story I got to tell you. <laughs> a typical example of this: there was a boxer, right? He was like, he went out so that he. he and a dislike yeah. you always know <laughs> service <laughs> so who would you most like to do a track with is there anyone that you think oh my god I would love to work with that person favourite songs ever. That's what? an amazing oh, song. Let's just say if it was, it's spelt like you know.
history of, of letting people down or ripping people up. So, yeah, I want to work with them again. But, um, yeah, Rich, I've, I did actually work with Rich on a song for his album. He never got cut for the album, unfortunately, but he's a great, he's one of the guys that's, he's just mad cool. I don't know if you've met him or, or worked with him at all. But no, but he sounds amazing. He's just so grounded. He's, he's one of those guys when you, when you meet him, you think, you're glad that he didn't turn out to be an arsehole. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You meet in the industry, you turn out to be like the tosses or up you know, What about up and coming kind of rappers and MCs? Is there anyone that you think, yeah, they're they're kind of, I put money on them. Ooh, money on MCs. It's difficult, man. Um, I I know Ozzy. You know him, right? Yeah, I love Ozzy. Ozzy's good. Boy. You can bet on it. Is actually a bet on it with Leisure and Griminal. You can buy that now. Just plug that. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah. I, I'm plugging all the time. And actually, his next single with the Scorcher, uh, we're rocking and rolling. I went and did a little cameo in the video the other day. Oh. Me and, uh, Leo, me and Leo the Lion went down there and just like stood in the background. And like, but yeah, Young O is someone. Uh, again, he's the reason I want him to succeed, and which he will, is because. A, he's talented. B, he grafts so hard, man. Yeah, he does. He works hard. And C, he's just a really nice geezer. Yeah, he is. He's no, he really cool is. Guy. He's always really kind of. Um, I'm trying to think. I think we first spoke about three years ago, and he's just so kind of. I don't know, he's always so lovely and he's always so happy. He's never like, oh my God, this is all such hard work, the bastards, it's, you know, he's always like, do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, no, again, because he's, he's a dude, he's great, right, he's, he's grateful, he understands the blessing of what he's doing and he's mm. grateful that he's able to do it. And those people that have, you know, gratitude in their life, they don't know what say to him next video I want to be in it I keep saying this to him actually and then I'm usually really busy but um, I'm going to do it I'm going to do his next video I'm going to make him have me in his next video whether he wants it or not (laughs) I know exactly he wouldn't say no (laughs) (laughs) really Uh, (laughs) I like um, one of the guys that I've always followed and I love to bits is Biggs I don't know if you know of any of these I think he's phenomenal his cover of Champion was just like, wow. I remember hearing yeah. that and thinking, oh, my God. Plus, he's hilarious. Mm. Yeah. And he's another one of those ones that I keep thinking, it's got to happen, it's got to happen, it's got to happen. I like him. Well, I like, like, you know, like, God loves to try it, man. So mm. you keep on plugging away. Like, if people have more talent there and there's the right people around them, you know, and you keep plugging away, because this, I mean... This is a tough, tough industry, you know. Everyone and his and his sister 
that wants to be a, an MC or a rapper or a producer or, you know, because they think the life, it's a glorious life and it is a glorious life, but, you know, it's a hard slog. You've got to be thick-skinned, you know, you've got to be ready to take the knocks, you get, you know, the ups and downs. So, um, yeah, man, you just got to plug away and keep doing what you do. And eventually, if, if you're doing the right thing and you believe in what, what you're doing and people around you believe in you, then you will come through it, there's no question. Yeah, I think my favourite, my all-time favourite UK MC will always be MC Neat. I love Mike. I think um, his new one is good. His album is good. Um, it's one. It's one that says his new one is. I'm going to go amazing. His new one is good. Oh no no! <laughs> As in like it's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah, no, he's done one with Amber Green, um, which is, uh, it's, it's like um, part two, you know, the Flowers song, but it's um, I Kissed You, and you can get this on YouTube at the moment. I've actually, I've got, a, okay. I've got it on the station as well, but it's, um, wow, but his album, um, he's dropping his EP, like, on the 22nd of this month, I think, but his album is, is good. But no, that is a, it's one of those proper, it's proper old school summer garage, but it's new school too. It's like... You know, it was really, really good because when I first kind of heard it, I was like, yes. KH and him did You Don't Know and again I loved that song really loved that song it's another one on YouTube and I think female wise obviously Blue's now singing isn't she she's done Bump which I liked I thought that was good tell you what man I'm impressed with that girl Mm. I'm really 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 impressed I've been away I've been in the States for a while I'm working and I'm doing this and that but when I came back and I heard Bump on the radio and I was like this is something So. I think so. Yeah, she's got, she's got something. She definitely does. I think she's kind of like, in, and this is a complimentary thing. I think she's like a female Plan B. She's just got that kind of like, it's almost like yeah. a, a kind of like an old, but it, it's like an old school kind of style, but in a new school kind of yeah. delivery. It's like a quality yeah. thing that you can't kind of, you can't. I don't think you can learn. Yeah, I think vintage, she's, like, she's, she's instant vintage, man. She's mm, got that's vintage. it. Yeah, no, you should. She's good. But there's plenty of them. Is there anywhere that people can find you? Come on, let's plug plug everything. Plug the YouTube, plug the Twitter. Let's go. Mad, mad load of new followers and followings, but uh, 
Yeah, you can just find, just type in Danny the Bull, Google me if you want, man. All, all, all the stuff will come up. And the mixtapes, of course. Don't need to get the mixtapes. They're on Bandcamp. We'll put a link up to those. I'll put one on the. Um, yeah, we'll link it up on the um, on the radio site and stuff because um, I think that that's I think that they are something that people will really like. I tell you who the guy I um, adore at the moment on YouTube. I tell you, you really should work with this guy. He's a guy called Noah, and he is just wow. Like he's only, he's nineteen, and he's not for I don't God knows what reason he's not that well known, but he is just. Incredible. We've got him on. I will do. It's um, only one Noah, but his cover of Bruno Mars, When I Was Your Man, is just, I was just like, Bruno Mars should have given him the song. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just wow. But he has that. He's got that real husky kind of like um, soul. It's like a husky soul country voice, which is a bizarre thing to say, but he's just like acoustic, him and the guitar, no kind of fancy production ever. And it's just, I I kind of, I always like trawl various different things and I found him a while ago and watched one of his covers and I found myself still watching his covers like eight hours later. Do you know what I mean? He's just like uh, well, incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's a real, real talent, absolutely. And he's and just gorgeous as well. He's the most kind of like, you know, every time we, we play something of his on the radio, he always tweets us and goes, thank you so much. You know? And I'm like, you don't have to do it every time. It's gonna, you know. But he's just no. He is. He's absolutely lovely. So he is a, actually. I've forgotten about. He's a real person. I think to to get a. He's doing an album, and I reckon it's gonna be one of those things where they've struggled to fund it to get it out. And I think it's gonna be. He's gonna be from naught to a thousand overnight because he's just wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting, just getting people to see him. That's it. Yeah. No. I look forward to. It. I'm gonna go now. Look him up and probably waste it. <laughs> I'll get a text later going, thanks for that. Nine hours. <laughs> I'll um, I'll text you a link to that song because that particular cover I was just knocked out by. I thought, my God this man needs um he's he's in America and that's why I was like this man needs some UK kind of publicity because he's just like incredible. Um and of course um you want me to introduce your album, don't you? <laughs> of course. Of course. Plug that. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about your album. Calm down, Noah. Yeah. <laughs> Hijacked my interview with your amazingness. <laughs> exactly. Vocal, vocal hijack. But, uh... <laughs> no, no, yeah, the, the album, like I said, we will plug the album. It's going to be pre-order next month. Brilliant. With a single, we drop in, and there'll be another single, then one more, and the, when the third single drops, the album will come out in November. But, um, yeah. And if you need it, bread. I'm here for you to feature on it. I'm here. I like. I do like that London bread, though. I wrote. Um, I wrote what? something that was like um, something like, and in London, yeah, because it's the capital, because that's where a name begins. So it is. It's like that's it. That's your. This is your album. That's where you begin, like because you're in the capital. Exactly. You see. And you got it exactly. And what I'll do, I'm going to send some. Uh, I'll send some time to you guys. You yeah, can, definitely. You can champion it, and you get some exclusives and stuff like that. Pimp it. Hopefully, you can tell me it's good. <laughs> like it's good. <laughs> I love to perfect my good voice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, my pleasure. Hey, this is Josh from Unit Six, and you're listening to TLR. Hello, Josh. Hi, 
I'm good, thank you. Are you? So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, tell us who you are. Um, for anyone who knows you, I am. I am uh, the lead singer of a band called Unit 6. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I can say about myself really. I'm a gooner, so that's also something as well. And other than that, there's not too much I seem to know about me, to be honest. And you're an, you're an absolute lad. We've got to get that in. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> What do you think is the most laddish thing you've ever done? Well, one of the perks of being in a band is sometimes you get like stuff for free, and uh, I think the most laddish thing we did was we got called the hotel room in, uh, in Vegas, and it had like its own like bowling alley in it, and then uh, sort of crashed up a little bit with our friends on the tour and tour. That was pretty a bit stupid, b pretty classic. So I think uh, that would probably be up there. Like in the Hard Rock Hotel, it was a proper nice suite, and we basically just left it looking like it had been through uh, a hell and back, basically. So that's pretty classic. Did you wake up and think, like, I am amazing, or did you wake up and think, oh shit? <laughs> no, I, 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 I woke up and I was like, I've got fuck all to do this and just denied it to everyone. Anybody could bring it up, I'm like, no, I wasn't even there. And then, like, all the photographers up there just sort of whacked out all this photographic evidence of me like lying across the bowling alley in a dressing gown <laughs> and drinking a drink and everyone was like yeah okay sure you weren't starting it so I kind of got baited but luckily because it was one of our mate's birthdays um, <clears throat> and at the time he was dating somebody who had a residency there and we kind of got away with it because they sort of dumbed it down and made it not a big deal but as far as the hotel cleaner walking into that suite I've not been very impressed with what I was finding to be honest Wow, you know, it's kind of, it's got to be done, surely, if you're in a rock band. I think if you're not in a rock band, probably don't do that. Don't just go to a random town hotel and wreck it. You will get in shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just out of boredom, I think, most of the time. You just get bored, so you just do stuff just to purely for entertainment of yourself. And I think the problem is, is that people around you kind of uh, relay that there's not too many consequences. Within reason, obviously, you can't go around like That's the point. Don't question it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it, exactly. Exactly. That's what the whole thing's about. I think that if you get amazing opportunities, you just have to kind of take them to the extreme because you may not get them again. So. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I think the problem is, is people always trying to kind of, um, I don't know, always trying to play it safe. And I think the whole point of, of life is having a bit of a laugh with it. Again, as long as you're not like making people other people feel shit about themselves whilst you're doing it, then why not? So 
And again, that's one of the things about being in a band, that you're always aware, you're always travelling, so there's always new things to do, there's always a new bar to go to, or a new beach to go check out, or whatever, so there's always stuff going on, and there's always antics usually involved, because it's like one big lad's holiday, but all year round, and you just get to do what you love at the same time, which is pretty cool, so, yeah. What about, where do you think is like the best place you've ever been, you know, where you've been touring? Have you, is there somewhere you think, oh, we've got to go back there? Um, I'd probably prefer Australia because it's just the most outrageous place there is. Um, it's just like, I don't know. I think it, it's hard to really properly describe Australia. I think it's just one of those places that people just need to put on their bucket list and really try and... Uh, really try and visit because it's just so many cool things to do there and plus I don't think I've ever felt so far away from home but yet felt so close to home if that makes sense because mm. the, the Aussies are very very like the Brits really they like drinking and having a good time and the only difference is that they turn and we burn and that's the only difference between us and Aussies and our accents obviously and they've got a few stupid sports that make no sense but other than that we're pretty <laughs> pretty on the on the money so yeah uh, Australia is pretty crazy and I think Indonesia was also pretty awesome when we went to Bali and stuff just because I remember we played this show on the beach and it was just kind of like being in Indonesia and having like 500 people or whatever it was on this beach just going ape shit it was kind of quite surreal so I think I'd like to go back there sometime so we'll have to uh, but I think actually most people in Indonesia are just tourists like Aussie tourists they're just like it's like because of us going up to Glasgow for the weekend actually I don't know why people do that but you know what I mean you go up to Glasgow for the weekend or What about like which kind of country has like the best women and why? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I think I remember when we were in Poland. I remember collectively the group and we were like our touring crew and stuff. Like I remember everyone saying all these people here look like like pastry models sort of thing in the club and uh, in the, around town and Krakow, but. I don't know, it's difficult to say. I think the whole the whole woman question is quite subjective, isn't it, I guess? What I find attractive, maybe something else. And so I'm just going to go to England because uh, I fucking love England and I think that's where That's I, a very I'll good always, answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'll always say. I'll always say England, <laughs> I think. Where, where, where's the best restaurant in England? Where's the best nightlife in England? Where's the best football in England? Everything, just England, England. That's where to go. Well, I think it's, it's where do you feel the best things in life are where you feel the most comfortable and the most able to express yourself. And if it feels the most normal to you and the most comfortable, then it's going to be the most fun, right? So, you know, you're always going to have that thing when you're abroad thinking, if I go too mental in this club in some random country, I am just going to get shot or going to spend my life behind bars. <laughs> There's always that uh, little we, thing. We had, yeah, we're, we're in um, Los Angeles at the moment, and we were walking out of this club called... Um, uh, Beaches Madhouse. It's like mm-hmm. this crazy, like I think I think actually Kelly Osbourne actually had like it's a business part of there, and it's basically this nightclub that has like a circus sort of thing within this club, and um, they have like midgets on zip wires serving you vodka from the ceiling and stuff. It's insane. Like, I love Yes, they they were they were good fun. They were very kind of up for a laugh as well, which is good. But um, I remember just like leaving this bar and like these 
few guys like arguing for no reason and damn I've done with guys like all it takes is these guys to pull out a gun and shoot him and that's it because it's not it's not unheard of like it's yeah. in England the worst thing that might happen to you is you might get slapped about a little bit or really worst case now you might get stabbed but in America there's just shooting going all the time and uh, yeah that's your big thing you need to know about this 17 year old kid that got shot by some dudes in Florida and there's been riots all over LA because I think it's to do with race and all that kind of stuff. It's all a little bit on top. So, yeah, I think uh, you never, you always have to be, yeah, in England, you can sort of, you know what your limits are really. Mm-hmm. You know, in a club, you know, you know within reason what you can get away with, but when you're away in the board, you never know how the locals are going to take your behaviour. So, yeah, It's interpretation as well, isn't it? I think that a lot of my friends who are in America, they don't always get my sense of humour and sometimes they say things and I'm just like, that's just not funny. So maybe, you know, yeah. I think that maybe there's a kind of yeah. interpretation thing. No, definitely. I think obviously the English are renowned for their dry sense of humour mm. and uh, I think when I go all Ricky Gervais on some people, I don't think they quite understand what I'm doing. <laughs> but I think that's part, part of the beauty of it though, like you can be in, this, in an, an environment where you're completely mugging someone off and they don't know because... A, they're not that clever, or B, they just don't understand the British sense of humour. But we we're having a great time at their expense, so that can be quite fun. But yeah, there's definitely a, there's a different difference in their sense of humour between English and Americans and English people in other countries, I'm sure. So you've got to be a bit, bit PG sometimes just to not get into too much trouble. What about your accent? Do you find that that's working well for you over there? Pardon me? Is your accent doing you. Yeah. My accent, um, I mean, to be honest, I've been so swamped with work that I've only been out a few times. Um, and I think the only the only single lad in the band is Max, and he's kind of like decided, he's taken it upon himself to turn into a vagina. And I think, no, I'm joking. I think he's just enjoying what we're doing, like working out here and stuff, but he's not even that bothered. But on the whole, like I always got told that I always got told by all of our mates in American bands, oh, because you're British and you've got this accent and blah, 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 blah. Um, that, you know, in terms of the bird, I suppose it was going to take take us far. And I remember the first tour we ever did out here, I was like, right, okay. Like, I was like, after the guinea pig, I'll test it out. And um, I, was, like, I was like 18 at the time. I just broke out with a chick I've been with for like a few years. I had like all kind of cocksure and ready sort of thing. I went off, I just got blasted straight away. Like this girl <laughs> had none of it. And I just I kept on really like accenting my English accent and really kind of putting it on and be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like not interested. I was like, all right, cool, I'll try another one. And so I spent a summer on this talk with the walk tour, like trying it basically, and just trying it with uh, all these girls. And then ironically enough, on like the last few days, I met my current girlfriend, and she was British, and she was out visiting some friends in San Diego. I was like, I spent all summer trying to hit on American birds, use my accent, and I'm meeting English birds, what are the chances? So, yeah, I think on whole, it's supposed to work, but I don't think it's really worked for us yet. Maybe we've just got no game. I think that might be it. Maybe we've just got zero game whatsoever. It works for me. I make the majority of my voiceover work in America. I, I do um, music in America too. They they go mad for the English accent. It's funny. So maybe yeah, just, you know. Uh, but that's the thing that pisses me off. They always go, oh my God, you sound like you're from England. And you're like, yeah, I fucking am. You sound like you're from American. Why, why do you have to have this conversation every time? <laughs> 
I'm an American or you meet an English person, like, there's no need for it. Like, let's just jump straight into normal human fucking conversing rather than go through this whole thing. We, we, well, I tell you where I'm from in England and you tell me where you're from in America, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? It just gets, it all gets very irritable for us British people. And plus, we always get called Australians as well. Americans can't tell the difference between England and Australian accents. I think that the main I was saying to somebody recently the main difference I think is the intonation everything Australian sounds like it's a question <laughs> sorry yeah no absolutely no that's very true it's very true yeah I was actually out with Miles mate last night because it's out here and I was just like you've got the dumbest accent in the world but at the same time it's the coolest accent like I, I, I think the Australian accent is uh, oh, fucking brilliant basically so, can yeah, you do one do one I think we should have like um, when you're back in the UK we should have an like Emily and um, me at six day of fun that would be quite fun there you go we'll go somewhere and do something get, you watch us get really pissed <laughs> I did see um, an interview you did on YouTube where you were basically all just naked at Soccer 6. I was just like, what is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, basically, this is okay. So, all of that, all of the videos that I've posted on YouTube, they're all could have quite a day of fun then. Sounds like an audio kind of interesting. There you go. Um, <laughs> what do you think of all of the songs you've done so far? Which is the one that kind of means the most to you? Um, difficult question, that. I don't know. Uh, I think different songs for different reasons. I think um, I'm, what, I'm very much one for like, I was just like, especially in a live arena, like a crowd participation. So the songs that go down the best when we play them live in terms of like energy and stuff. Like I remember last year at Reading when we played on um, on the main stage we had this I got everyone to like take their shirts off and swing round their heads during our song Reckless and it was mm-hmm. like seeing sixty thousand people just swing their shirts around their heads and it was just like probably one of the most 
like one of those without saying completely lame, one of those life changing moments where it's like, oh, fucking hell, that's pretty, uh, pretty insane. It's classic because there's actually a video that we have in a, a guy come out last that weekend. There's a video of like Dan and Matt, and they're, they're both turning around to each other on stage and like having a conversation like during the song, being like, what the fuck is going on? It's crazy. <laughs> going to be a piece of you at a different time and obviously at different times it's going to mean different things but it's always going to be a bit yeah, it's like history isn't it everything is like absolutely that mm. so do you think um do you find it harder writing kind of now as a band as opposed to like when you started because i mean i guess like everything's so much from personal experience do you think that as you kind of get better known and as you tour more and do all these things do you think that your experiences become sort of more similar so it's harder to write or do you think you just kind of like learn more Because like, what are you doing? 
call our original our fans we've got now will kind of be like your mental but then we might open up to a whole new sort of fan base that have never heard of us and stuff but I think um, we were just trying to get to the formula that we sort of got whilst also at the same time uh, working on it in different areas and trying to improve the things that we want to improve on but so I guess our, uh, our mantra is pretty much the same when it comes to songwriting we're not trying to do too crazy on do you think that, um, I kind of feel that downloads of music, although it's brilliant and it's instant and it's, it's all that, I think it's kind of wrecking albums because for me, an album is about, you know, it's a story from start to finish, the songs interlink and yeah. people go, I like that one, I like that one and they download three of your 15 songs and it's like, suddenly it doesn't work the same. Do you think it's harder now? Because it's almost like every single on the album has to be a commercial one. I think often some of the better yeah. ones aren't, so I think often maybe people are missing them. Yeah, I mean, what's really interesting about that is, you know, at the end of the day, when, when if you're an actual, like, artist or, like, you, I think it's, diff it's a different game for different kinds of music. Like, you know, very much in the rap world, it's all about just putting out single after single after single. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always just trying to constantly, like, they're not trying to write a body of work. They're literally just trying to put out something, like throwing something at the wall and seeing if it sticks. I mean, if you look at something like B.O.B., who... 18 months ago, two years ago, was all the fucking rage. Everyone's going on about how amazing it was because he had a song of Bruno Mars and a song called Airplanes, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's so amazing. But I don't think if I ask any person right now to name any other songs from that record or talk about any of his new music, nobody have a chance because it's, it's just like throwaway singles, which are great for like that moment in time. And they sell a lot, they sell high volume, and that's it. And I think that's what labels have become used to. Like, that's why we've just left our, our major label and we've moved on to something else because, you know, they were more bothered about putting out, they wanted like a quick sell and we were like, well, you know, we're a band and we've been growing for like the last six years and we'll hopefully continue to grow. So you need to see the bigger picture that, you know, one day there's got to be a band that's going to replace the likes of the Foo Fighters and mm. Coldplay and Green Day and all these huge, like, festival headlining bands. There's got to be some new breed bands coming through in the next five years. Otherwise, I think we'll see a horrible, a horrible, dramatic change in all the, the festival stuff. You know, festivals will start bombing because we need the bands. So, at some point, labels will have to get behind, like, not necessarily just rock bands, but like music, as you said, where it's more about a record rather than singles. But an interesting thing our guitarist Chris said the other day actually was he couldn't believe that if he pays. I think £50 for six months on Spotify. Mm. You can download and stream offline any album within like a second. Just like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So, for example, the new Jay Z record came out a few days ago, and I went on my Spotify account, clicked on a Jay Z, downloaded it, made it available offline. I've now got it on my iPod, my phone, my laptop for free. And so I'm, I'm just dealing with anybody, but you know. I think that's the issue that then I'm the kind of person that then if I love a record after listening to it on Spotify or online or whatever, I go out and buy it. Or if there's a band like I really love, then I'll buy the record without even listening to it. But when I was growing up, it was, you know, oh shit, Linkin Park have got a new album out. You see it in HMV or you see it in your local W.H. Smith or whatever, you just buy it and you listen to it from start to finish. You look at all the artwork, you read the lyrics, it was an exciting thing to do. And I think, I think albums mean less now to the general consumer because they're just like, well, 
I care about what's on the radio, what TV's on the video, uh, what videos on the TV shows, and that's kind of it, really. If you think, like as you said, a lot of the the real kind of the kind of the diamonds on the record and sort of the songs that necessarily aren't singles and they're just songs that are completely something else. Like for example, if we tried to take when we were younger to radio as a single, probably would have got laughed out of the office because they would have been like, can't play that. There's nothing about this song that's catchy or got a bit drop or whatever and it doesn't sound like trucking David Weta, so we're not gonna play it. And then, you know, but then it's probably one of the favourite songs for our fans and like our new records. So it's a it's a tough, tough thing. But um yeah, I don't know. I think you just got as a band or an artist you've got to find ways of making people excited about music. It's because it's it's kind of training people to make music disposable. I mean, I I do. I really like kind of albums and having the artwork and knowing that they thank God and their grandma. (laughs) You know, it isn't, there isn't the same. It's like everything in life. It's not half as satisfying. You know, if you get this beautiful piece of whatever, and and I love it when all the albums, you know, when you line them up on the thing, whether it be vinyl or whether it be CDs or whatever, and they all make a picture or something like that. Like, I love all that kind of stuff. I, I hate downloads. It feels so empty. Yeah, it's it's very kind of and uh, yeah, it definitely is it's it definitely uh I always feel like it just makes the connection between like the consumer and the artist and it still sounds very poncy, but like the relationship that so the relationship that I have with bands I got listened to, I I doubt that maybe it's the same relationship now for the generation behind me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like listening to a band like Unit Six, like I don't feel like there because of stuff like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook which is obviously got its perks and it's, it's obviously important and valuable otherwise all musicians and sports stars and whatever wouldn't be using them like they understand that's a great way to connect to your fans and it's a really positive thing but now I feel like there are there's an element of people being more more wanting to know what I went and ate for dinner than they are about what our new record sounds like, and that's not even a joke. Like people are so sucked into like this Twitter and Instagram and stuff that it kind of takes away a little bit of the, I don't know, the innocence and the purity of like what the actual point of what we're doing is, which is putting out music for people to enjoy. And I think you know, when I was younger, I'd go to see bands like Brand New or Finch or whatever or Incubus. I didn't really even care if like I ever met the people from the band. I just wanted to go to the show. Thing is coming back. I feel like every record. 
single storm going into the moment. You know, there's more vinyls than there are CDs now because people know that they're going to buy the music digitally on iTunes. So why not make a vinyl and within that vinyl make like a pack or a booklet or something? So it's more of like a collector's item. And I think that's the big problem for what it's the open saying is that people just aren't buying films and, and music anymore. They can just download it. So they've got to find new ways of getting people to want to purchase it. You know? Do you think that so far, what would be your biggest kind of like moment where you think like that is the kind of moment that we want to either like replicate or that's as good as it's going to get? Have you had one of those moments? Yeah, um, we we finished the first cycle at Wembley Arena, the headline show, and I think um, I think it's a very like important thing for our band to do because we need to really kind of is December last year it was kind of like this is this is our chance to really kind of put our foot on the ladder of you know being an arena band sort of thing and um i just remember like when we came off everyone was like you know fuck is that good it's gonna be like you know is, is that it is that our pinnacle sort of thing but i think it really depends on what kind of outlook you have on, on the situation like certain is not bad a dubious to whether or not like we'll, we'll be able to do that again and, and better it on the next cycle but then there's people that think well you know we've laid down a we've laid down a sort of foundation now so hopefully we can carry on and build from that but I mean that as I said that that night that whole kind of show was like we've played arenas before all over the world and I don't think it's a different thing headlining yourself and you've got you know 12 and a half thousand people in London going absolutely crazy and it's just very, very surreal. And what was interesting is I went to that and then a week later I went back to Wembley to watch um, to watch uh, the X Factor live show because my mate was tormenting James Arthur and subsequently I sort of like became become friends with James. He's like, he's actually a top man. And uh, what was interesting is like the two the difference in the two shows couldn't be couldn't be more obvious. Like you have one that was very much a something that was very built upon and, you know, spent years and years of hard work and, and people that have been fans of the band for almost five years. And then there's an arena for the people who are fans of these celebrities, essentially, who've been on their TV for the last five months. And it was, it was very, very interesting, but it was, you know, it's, it's kind of a different thing. But, um, yeah, I think that was the thing that really got me. It was like, you know, if, if we can do it, if we can do it for hard work, then... You have a DVD night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm top one night. Because honestly, I can't, I can't. It went from like the first song to suddenly them not remembering a single fucking thing after that. I can't remember a single thing after the first song. Aww. We can yeah, watch the DVD. It's not all that bad. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no? It's still there. <laughs> it's still at the DVD. Absolutely. 
What about like some mental fans and stalkers? Have you ever got any like really impressive hardcore lovers? <laughs> yeah, there's been a few, there's been a few, like, um, I don't know, I think it's come from the church, you kind of thing, but like Japan is pretty nuts for that. Like, you get off the plane and you're like walking to your car, walking to your transport to back to the hotel, there's people already there, like, we call them the eBay guys, because clearly not fans of our band, but they know like an international actor coming in, so they meet you at the airport, they get slammed with shit, or uh, don't make it out to anybody, and the first few times I went to Japan, I was like, obviously it's, it's a country of culture, and and um, and they're all just very, very polite, and their mannerisms are very delicate, so you don't want to... Uh, insult anybody by being, you know, like, abrasive or being like, oh, well, you know, it's like, I'm going to sign this for that reason. But after a while now, we realise that they're the eBay guys. But we get back to uh, our hotel and there'd be, like, 30 people sitting in the lobby just waiting. Uh, and you soon realise that they're there for you to see, like, a few units of shirts or whatever. And that's a bit surreal, so that's a bit mental. But we've had, um, but last time we were in Glasgow, we played the Essence and me and, uh, we had a day off the day before, and I think uh, it was like me, Matt, and Dan from the band, and I think one of us tweeted that we'd gone to the cinema. And that, that's what literally all we said was that our, um, we went to see that new, uh, like, 21 Jump Street or something, and I remember just being like, oh, this new Jenna Hill film's pretty funny, or something like that. And we come out of the cinema, and it's like two or three, like, dudes all dressed in black, kind of like, you know, you Union 6. We were like, yeah, what's wrong? He's like, okay, we've, we've got to find, figure out a way of getting out of here. And we were like, what are you talking about? And then this guy, like, just takes place in the window, and there's, like, 300 people outside that had, because we, I guess, I guess we found out that day that people had got to like our band. Mm-hmm. And we were like, uh, okay, shit, what's going on? And he was like, yeah, we've got to find a way of getting you out of the building safely. So we went out, we out, like, through this massive back route, ended up out of the complex a different way. And then we just had people like just physically running after us to the hotel. And that was a bit mental because then once people found out where our hotel was, it was kind of game over to go. You had, like, had to have like, security in the door of the hotel and you couldn't, like, other residents of the hotel couldn't come in unless they proved they had a key card. All this kind of crazy shit. It got a bit, got a bit crazy. But, um, it's, yeah, we just, we've, had a few, we've had a few moments where people have been like, oh, I'm. Um, like telling other kids in the TV that like, oh, I'm, I'm Josh's sister or I'm, I'm actually pregnant with Dan's baby and this kind of stuff and like there's this one girl who used to go around saying she would like ride on the bus with us but see what really what would happen is she'd come to every show which was obviously awesome um, but she'd make out the like she was like with the band like she'd come with the dudes in the band and uh, she'd basically like telling a story one day outside a show I think while merch guys walked past and like completely called her out and I don't think she ever came to another human six show again which is quite sad but at the same time I think she's going around spreading all these crazy rumours and people would generally believe in them so we uh, I guess she kind of got a lucky skin but you always get the weird like the weird the weird actually there's a really weird thing in America where uh, some we were on tour with these three other bands and one of the bands got a cake made for them and they didn't eat it but some of them created it and nobody like when like when you go to like meet and stuff, people will give you like cards or like letters or whatever they want to give you. And so in this big pile of letters was a letter that was 
had a direct correlation to this cake. Based on the letter, it said, um, I hope you enjoyed the cake. I want you to know that blood, sweat and tears quite literally went into it. Mm. And then uh, there's like, it, it attached this letter with like photos of like this person like basically cut themselves into this cake sort of thing. It's mm. very like, it was very fucking satanic and very weird and we always got really spooked out by it. So, uh, yeah, that, that was quite, that, that's the most mental thing I've ever witnessed in terms of like, a bit of a crazy fan. But on the whole, like, our fans are all pretty legit and just kind of good time people, you know. Just there to have, they literally, most of them just don't really care when it comes to show every good time. Like, I'll, I'll go out, like, a lot when I'm home and I never get people, like, being weird about it and that's far. No, that's how you do it, just get a bar and a few drinks and that'll be that sort of thing. So it's always pretty okay. There's not, there's not many, there's not many psychos out there, which is good. No, I think I get the odd one, but you know, it's it's all love. I think. Um, Did you get the odd psycho yourself? I think the worst one I've had is one of the guys who he downloads everything I do, which is which is nice. You know, appreciate that. <laughs> Bit weird. Um, and he sent me a video. It's kind of filmed from behind him, and he's got my picture on his computer screen. He's whacking one off and talking to me, and that was quite strange. Oh, wow. That's mental. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> In the beginning, it's always just really nice, and you think I follow everyone back on Twitter. I'm like, oh, thanks, thanks, and I'm like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> you get a little bit smarter, I think, don't you? Is there anything you'd like to say yeah, to our audience about how about any tours coming up or anywhere they can come and see you, things like that? Um, yeah, we are doing uh, a tour with a band called Thirty Seconds to Mars. Um, 
the UK and Ireland, Scotland, like an arena tour, which I think some of the dates will be sold out and most of them are close to, but if you uh, like to come on down and come down, and uh, yeah, it'll be good. And we should also talk about my love of Arsenal, surely. I think we should. Surely. Let's talk about that. <laughs> In fact, let, we should write a song about it. Let's do a song about it. <laughs> well, just because I think this might get people intrigued, I actually have the most crazy, crazy, crazy story to do with Arsenal, mm-hmm. which does disturb that I don't quite understand. Well, first and foremost, like, we, we played in this football tournament at the Emirates, so as a junior, I kind of lost my mind in that. And then uh, about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I was on Twitter one day, and just some, like, I, I guess I did a tweet about Arsenal saying, and some kid was like, hey, you know, Jeff uh, Fabregas follows you, at the time he was the captain of Arsenal, he's like, you know, he follows you on Twitter. And I was like, okay, I don't know where does that. So I followed him back, like, see him up, and like, Hey, don't know why you're following me on Twitter or whatever, but if it's because of the band, then I hope you like this stuff. So I like the national anthems. He was like, hey man, yeah, I love the band, all this stuff. Blah, blah. And then uh, next thing I know, I was like, I sent an email, like a really cheeky message being like, oh, you know, if there's ever a chance, because at the time I didn't have season tickets to the Emirates, now I do, so it's kind of not as much of a thing, but... Then I was just like, I hadn't been to a game at the Emirates at that point, I don't think I've ever seen a game at the Emirates. And I messaged him like, oh, you know, if there's ever a chance of coming down to a game, I'd absolutely love to bring my dad, blah, blah, thinking I wouldn't even get a response back. And it was like, yeah, we're, we're playing Chelsea at home tomorrow night, do you want to come? And I was like, all right, cool. So I went there and met up with, like, his PA and, like, his sister. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, there's any chance of, like, meeting some of the boys and this kind of stuff. They're like, look, if they lose or it's a bad result in any way, they'll probably go home straight after and you know, not be keen at all. But if they win, then I'll give you a call and maybe, you know, so it can happen. And so then, like, the whole game, I just, just, I've never prayed for an Arsenal win more in my life than that night. I was just like, die hoping we'd win and we won 3 1. So I went back and just sort of like met all the players in the players' box and stuff. And that was like a really cool thing. Is that is that your big thing? You know, if you make like a zillion pounds, you want to buy Arsenal or buy some of Arsenal? Would that be it? Not, not. Uh, if I make any point, if I make any silly money, like Jay Z money, also won't. But like Jay Z, if you wanted to, you know, you could buy into shares of any sport club around the world. I think he's got shares in New York and the New York Nets anyway. I can even build. I can even build an arena in Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure because you know that much money a basketball arena. Um, but yes, I, I absolutely, absolutely buy shares in Arsenal, and I'd be like, baby big balls walking around at the Emirates with my little box. I would definitely do that. I think it'd be amazing. I've only been in a box like a handful of times, and every time it's just been the weird experience. Like we were in the box for the, the City game at high in the season, and we we're next to um, the Oxford's like box and all his family and stuff. And uh, I think Shelley got sent off for like the first five minutes, and when he got substituted, I just looked to my left. The Ops got substitutes they could bring on um, BFG, the big German. And uh, I just remember looking to my left and everyone was being so fucking irate and pissed off about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, 
I support England, obviously an England play. Um, when it right. comes down to an actual team, hmm, not really. Well, you know, I didn't like to sort of say because I thought it sounded a little bit bad having you just said that. But obviously, my entire room is all Arsenal. My bed, even I have. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine pulling a girl and going back to a house and she's got a complete Arsenal bedroom. That, that's mental. I think I think that'd actually be like. She's not only a 9-10, she's got brilliant banter, she's hilarious, blah, blah, blah. And what if you were like, yes, this is a girl for me, okay? And then you find out she supports Man United. What happens? Worse though for someone like me who isn't committed to any of the teams, like, isn't that worse? Yeah, I think I'd look better in red, so maybe that's a good decision. Well, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Absolutely. And look, you don't want to be a Liverpool fan because mm. for obvious reasons. And Man United, well, you know, now Fergie's gone to New Era, it may not be successful. Where's that's on the up? Clearly, you know? Yeah, no, maybe not. Well, I, I met I met the Arsenal players when I was younger, so that's the only the only kind of like big team that I've met a lot of people. There you from. Go. Yeah. quite good yeah I think I could do that I could do that I could do that I don't know about the whole like getting the bedding and stuff I think I have enough trouble as it is I don't think like having an arsenal bedroom is necessarily going to help <laughs> so no I don't, I don't I don't I don't think I don't think ever an excuse for any sort of <laughs> duvet covers of anything unless you're a 10 year old and you want toy story, uh, toy story or you know something like that I mean fair play or you're trying to play your trust and beaver but I think when you get to our age it's got to be pulled a guy and he seemed normal I met him he seemed okay she went back to his house and everything was fine and then they got upstairs and he had Lord of the Rings duvets not only did he have the duvet he had the flags he had the ornaments <laughs> he had a flag <laughs> like, a, like, a flag. A, like, like bunting Lord of the Rings bunting he had the duvet cover yeah weird okay well I guess, well but how did that story end though let's finish with a happy ending um, yeah, I think, um... stuff and when you're not kind of like arsenaling it up do you what, what's your kind of thing <laughs> that you like to do do you like to do FIFA Can we, we should do that we should have a FIFA tournament let's do that Mm-hmm. and lost to Jose Enrique in the 89th minute. And I was 
It's a lifestyle choice and a commitment. I'll bring I'll bring all your load of tree lad stuff as well. We'll have T shirts, we'll have shot glasses, we'll have lab Bibles. It'll be amazing. Have you guys actually got a lab Bible? 
Bible. Yeah, I'm gonna send you some. I've got we've got all sorts, honestly. Like we have this vault of stuff where we've got beer funnels, we've got Chulad Bibles, we've got like shot glasses, T shirts, we've got everything. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's also it's think, full of very useful things like how to make a tent and things that you really need to know. everything we get is submitted like from people around the world but predominantly England um, and then they get like what's called laderated so at the back end of the website they get judged so we've got a team of guys who who are like the hardcore lads who judge them as to where we put a mixture of some shit ones some funny ones some good ones and then they all go through and get on and then obviously the stuff on Twitter is taken from that sometimes it's stuff that we've all created or you know whatever but yeah it's it's all from it's all and a lot of them are true because we get a lot of stuff in that obviously like I say to them we cannot put that out but um there's evidence evidence comes in quite often <laughs> so oh yeah yeah it's all real there's one story that, like, just blows my mind. I think it's about this guy who, like, um, I read it, like, probably about a few years ago now, but it's, like, this guy who uh, was, like, shagging this bird and then was like, ah, oh, do you mind if I wear my cricket pads, yeah, my the pads something yeah. like that? <laughs> and then and by the end, of, like, he just keeps putting more and more cricket stuff on and then by the end, of, by the time he's, like, ejaculated, he's full-on cricket cricketed out and he just stands up takes his hat off puts his back in and goes that's a century and people came out and applauded him yeah. but if that, if that actually happened I need to meet people like that because I need to understand <laughs> like like at what point did they decide in their mind that was something they're going to do like I've got enough shit on my mind when I'm like trying to like romance somebody not, I'm not thinking about how I can dress up midway through and <laughs> celebrate it it's I don't think I don't think there was ever any romance. I think what it was was they all went, when we get to our hundredth, what are we gonna do? When we get to our fiftieth and then the guys decided that when they get to the hundredth they're gonna do this thing. Then he went out one night and lucky one hundred walked past and he was like, That's you <laughs> So Yeah. Absolute absolute psychopath, I love it. <laughs> some of them we get some in as well that we can't put out for, for legal reasons often, but they are absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. What kind of stuff? Um, <laughs> we actually are now at the moment we're toying with talking to the lawyers and stuff we're toying with having a section on the site for the stuff that gets rejected that's just too horrific or whatever you know that we can't put out but um, yeah I mean there's, there's often a guy who will perhaps send a video in of um, himself with a few women and he's got them all doing things that <laughs> you just wouldn't believe so yeah that's quite well, like, yeah, it could be. It could be anything. From he's got like a whole team of them. Say one's making him sandwich, one's giving him head, and the other one's perhaps performing something that he's asked to perform. That's always interesting. I, I think the weird ones are always the ones that you kind of laugh at the most. But at the same time, like a guy yeah, right. who had sex with a 
very much older lady and made a little film for us. That was him. Um, <laughs> was... Mind, for fuck's sake, man. That was Jesus so Christ. Thank God, God I'm in a normal relationship with a normal human being that won't allow me to <laughs> make her to do this dumb shit. Like, it's fine, Like, it's, I mean, outside of, like, the band outside of it, it's absolutely foolproof. Like, it's brilliant. Like, at that moment in time, like, to have that sort of, like, I don't know, I think what we get the most of that we never put on um, is that when people wake up their girlfriends, if their girlfriends have cheated on them, they send us the whole catalogue. <laughs> Literally. Really? Yeah. And I, there, was, right. there, was that, there was a website like that um, called um, like, uh, isanyoneup.com. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever saw that, but like, I figured that like that's what that website was mainly about, was like if a dude or a girl got cheated on or broke up with somebody... They just like sending their stuff. It's pretty wild. Man. It's too. I think that's just too harsh. Like, I mean, mind you, if you're going to cheat on somebody, I guess you get what you get. But like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm always a little bit. Yeah. Like, that's a bit much. You know, when you're kind of drunk yeah. or when you're on tour and you've kind of spent a lot of time together, is there like any kind of which member of the band is it that you regularly think, yes, if we had to throw one of us out or throwing you out, which one is that? <laughs> um, I, honestly. I know, I know who gets the most shit in our bands, but at no, like, we give Max so much shit. Mm. I think it's because he's just a bit smaller than us, um, and he's like, he's just so nice, and when somebody's so nice, yeah. that I, some people see that as a weakness, and I, I think people particularly do, but I mean, he's probably one of the biggest legends there is, and I, I think... I don't know, I would love to, like, be able to set up a thing where I could see what his life would be like if he wasn't in Unit 6. Like, if he'd never found the guitar, what he'd be doing now, I think it'd just be incredible. Because <laughs> he, he, he is, like, one of the most incredible musicians I've ever met. And then I would, I would really struggle to think, like, what he'd do. Then again, I'd struggle to think what I would do. But I think he's, Max is the guy who gets booed the most, but he's, uh, yeah, no point in the any stage when you thought about kicking somebody else out like, I don't think we've ever had we would have kicked out one drummer like a few years ago and that was horrible so I don't think we don't want to do that again especially now we're in a position where I think they might somebody might just go off and like pop themselves on drugs or something so I think we really want to be behind that so, <laughs> what about if you all had to be something lads so like like who would you all be like what would be your kind of like what are you like when it comes to sort of true lads like you know some people like I don't know gimp lad or like we've got a guy who we um he's a wheelchair basketball player and he said like his friends call him cripple lad <laughs> and I was like Jesus oh, no. and he was like I love um, it <laughs> well, so, okay well I think Matt would be the alcoholic lad mm-hmm. uh, Max would be the hip hop lad he's mm-hmm. I think he knows too much about hip hop, but I don't. He, oh, he'd also be the um, he'd also be the emotional lad. Max, Max is, is, is going to a phase of name where he he's uh he's just I think he's just like really like having lots of thinking time on his own, like just coming out with his most outrageous like sentiments and statements, kind of crazy. So I think he'd be emotional lad. He always gets quite emotional. Uh, Dan would be thug lad because he's like the biggest like. 
sweetheart, but if you, uh, the other night we're at this club in, um, in LA and like this people, some people over here don't really know what manners are and he just like, this guy like pushed down out of the way from the bar, jumped the tube, made a big scene, got his order in first and Dan like just took off his watch and just gave it to Chris, like hold my watch whilst I knocked this Chris out and I was like, oh fuck, it's about to go down. This guy is huge as well, like, Dad just doesn't give a fuck because he's like ripped and just a bit of a psycho so he's like, I'll kill him and I was like, Brilliant. So I think Dan would probably be a uh, tug lad, I don't even know if that's the right sort of thing to say. But, um, yeah, that's fine. That's Chris, 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 we, uh, we all call him, we all call him Chew Dad, I think, I think the first time I've called him Chris in about this year since now, that's his name, but we all call him Chew Bear because he looks and sounds like um, the Chew Bears from uh, Star Wars. He's got this long, long, long hair, this big old beard, and whenever he yawns, he makes this, oh, like the Chew Bear noise. <laughs> So since about 15 we called him Cheever, so I think, I don't know what else I called him. And me, I think I'd just be known as the all-round immaculate king of everything, lad. Oh, okay. Like a Don lad? I just tick all the boxes for everyone, you know? Like, well, yeah. everyone, whatever, whatever they need, I am that <laughs> in abundance. So. God I'd lad. I'd probably be, uh, <laughs> I'd probably be, uh, what was that? God lad. <laughs> Goona Godlad. Goona Godlad, yeah. You should refuse to speak to anybody tomorrow unless they say that before they say whatever they have to say to you. That would get really annoying. Do it. <laughs> well, we, we, always, we always do this joke whenever we start a new tour. Our tour managers always go to. If we, we've had the same bus driver now for like a year, but before then we had different bus drivers for whatever bus or van we were in. And uh, he'd always like spook them out on the phone beforehand. He'd be like, okay. And I guess people take it seriously because I guess other people like Jeremy do this, but we'd like to fuck around with them. And we'd call up and be like, right, okay, don't look at any band member in the eye. Don't talk to them. If, if you see a band member walking towards you, move across the corridor, move across the, the part of the bus. If a band member for any reason decides that you're worthy enough to be spoken to, and they ask you something, respond with, yes, sir, absolutely, sir. Do you want more of that, sir? And all that kind of shit. And a lot of the time, most of them just knew Rob because he's got this big, thick, I'm sure most of them's big, thick, North Yorkshire accent, and he's kind of, he's always playing pranks people. So a lot of people suss out for 30 days. We went through one tour in Europe where this guy, every day, would refer to me as sir, and like, I'd be like, and I'd be in on the joke as well, so I'd like, be like, oh, do you know who Kane is? And rather than, like, most bus fans be like, well, look at that fucking sign on the wall and follow it, mate. And uh, <laughs> this guy's like, um, I do not, sir. Give me two minutes and I will be back to you. And he ran off <laughs> to production, ran back with a map he'd drawn out, and he said, okay, let's go. He led me to, to, to go get food and shit. And he was like, he was like, okay, you sit down, tell me what you want, and I'll get it for you. I was like, okay, now the joke's gone too far. I was like, mate, well, you know he's been fucking with you. And he had, he lost it. Like, he was so pissed off because I guess he spent, like, three weeks in Europe being, like, this absolute bitch, basically. <laughs> we were these guys thinking we were, like, proper egotistical sultans. And he, and he was, like, playing along with it, thinking that's what was going on. And he just, just been hit with, hit with the truth, the fist of truth, and he wasn't very happy about it. So... Can can we do a song together? Sorry. On on your new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, y
I want to. I want to be on one of your songs. Yeah, I think we should do one. I MC, so I'll I'll do the MCing bit, and you can do the song bit, okay. and we'll we'll do a thing. There you go. Well, yeah, when where where are you guys based? We're based all over the place. We're like um, we're like heat rash. <laughs> oh, brilliant! My favourite. <laughs> nice. Only much more attractive and useful and wanted. Yeah. But yeah, no, we should definitely, right. we should do a song, like a true lad song. You do the song bit, I'll do the MC bit. It'd be amazing. Brilliant. That's it. Well, that could be, that could be funny. Yeah, um, yeah, let us know where you guys are at and if you want to come down to the show and we'll figure it out. So. One of my friends oh, is yeah. a big fan of yours, so I have to mention really? him or he might cry. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, he so won't cry, honestly. But he, um, he's a he's a producer and he's in a band himself, so um, he likes you. You should have a look at their stuff. They're called Future Proof, and um, he's called Kieran Marshall. So there you go, Kieran. I mentioned you. <laughs> Yeah, get me get me an address and I'll send you some stuff out because we've got loads of stuff that we send out to people. We were gonna we basically we did a shop thing and then we all just realised we're just way too lazy to have a shop, so now we've just got loads of stock. <laughs> so yeah, oh shit. That's it. Then we thought we might do student union tours and start selling merchandise and then we just realised that was just way too much effort. <laughs> so you know guys, you guys you guys sound lazy, man. You sound like well, that's all the lads do. In fairness, I've got a radio station, we've got a TV channel, we've got a magazine, and um, I've also got my music. So they are lazy. I will absolutely stand by. Yeah. If it wasn't for me, they'd, they'd be nothing. You know. <laughs> there you go. You are. The, you are the truest of lads. There you go. I'm the mum. <laughs> I make the tea. Oh, I look after them when they're hungover, you know. All the stuff that's important in there. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You are amazing. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm going to just... It's a pleasure. Cheers,